up and I stay down with the same gang every day now. When the thing changed, but the way out is the layout, nigga. Big M's, nigga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put the lights down, turn the bass up. One time for the pay cuts. And the price guy just squeeze the life out of shit. They try to break us. What's all the fussing about? We grew up with nothing, my nigga. We still here. That fake shit, we cutting it out. Money come, make sure the cougar dick fish. All right, guys, welcome back. We apologize. We had to push the show back a little bit. I was running a little late from the barbershop. We wanted to give some people a chance to uh, watch the debate, which is apparently lit right now. But uh, welcome back, guys. Yes, yes. Uh, welcome. And I, and I like your transparency, Josh, about the barbershop or whatever, uh, which is cool. But, you know, we are back. It's been a, a month, and uh, the team is here for another episode of Food for the Culture. Um, you know, the show we talk about popular topics and uh, pop culture, uh, current events, and of course, dating and relationships. I'm your host, as usual, the savant named Levant, Mamba <laughs> Mike, Big Mike over here. As his Lakers about to win, you want to put that Mamba Mike in there, huh? There we go. The, there the, we el- go. the Elder Lakesman, okay. The Elder Lakesman, ready to celebrate tomorrow night. Uh, and of course, uh, we got our man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Banks is back in the building. What's going on, Banks? Yes, yes, I'm here. Here for the yeah. culture. Happy to see one week Mike on the roll. <laughs> 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 one week Mike, re- one week Mike retired with those uh, story time from Miguel's and whatnot. Uh, but, uh, allegedly. <laughs> and as and as he said, fresh out the barbershop, looking good, Mr. Josh Waring. Yo, what up, guys? We got a full crew today. Yeah, yeah, we we definitely do. And maybe, uh, you know, next time we come, we'll have some special guests. Uh, But since we're just back, we want to get started ourselves. So listen, man, as Josh just said, there's a vice presidential debate going on right now. But last week, there was an interesting presidential debate, which uh, turned into kind of, to me, uh, the movie Grumpy Old Man, (laughs) if you ever saw that. Did you see the Saturday Night Live pitch with Jim Carrey? Uh, no, I have not seen that yet. I do want to watch that again. Mm-hmm. He, he did a perfect bite it. But if you've ever seen uh, that movie, Grumpy Old Man, you know what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah. you know, do uh, you have any clip, clips from that, Josh? From the debate? Yes, let's roll, right let's roll a couple of these, shall we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, here we go. Oh, Tony Stark Jr., what up? And just being suckers. My son was in Iraq. He spent a year there. He He got the Bronze Star. He got the Conspicuous Service Medal. He was not a loser. He was a patriot, and the people left behind okay. there were heroes. Really? And I resent Are you talking like about Hunter? Hell. Are you talking about I'm Hunter? I'm talking about my son, Bo Biden. You're talking I don't about know. I don't know, Bo. I know Hunter. Yeah, Hunter, you know got thrown, Hunter got thrown out of the military. He was thrown out, dishonorably discharged. That's not true. It wasn't cocaine use. And he didn't have a job until you became vice president. Once you None became of that vice president, true. he made a fortune in you, Gary. The way you talk. 
He made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. True. He my made son, a fortune, gentlemen, my son, and he didn't have a job. My son, like a lot of people, like a lot of people we know at home, had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's 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 fixed it. He's worked on it, and I'm proud of him. But why was he given tens son. of millions? All right, of but he wasn't given right. tens of millions. Of that is totally, that is totally discredited. We've already we've already been totally discredited. We've, both, we've already been through this. I think the American people would rather hear about more substantial so subjects. Well, you know. He made a fortune in Ukraine, in China. All righty then. <laughs> All righty. So, uh, John, I know, John, I know you, uh, you, you've seen that. You've seen the other clips and stuff like that. What were your thoughts on the whole debate? Uh, I didn't really watch the whole debate, but I did see a lot of clips. Um, I mean, it's what I thought. It was basically a show. Like, Donald Trump is a reality TV show <laughs> host, extravaganza, star, whatever you want to call it. And that's exactly what he did. He made it very entertaining. And he stumped, or I, would, I should say he trumped Jeez. Joe Biden. <laughs> he literally trumped Joe Biden and got him to not focus on the questions, which Joe Biden should have done. From the jump, what Joe Biden should have did was basically take those insults and come back them with the facts of what the commentator was relaying to him. But instead, he let him, you know, run all over him like a bully. And he just basically showed that whatever <clears throat> Trump says and does, does is just basically going to take over what you're trying to present. And I think Dax would really hurt Biden in a sense if not showing that he was able to overcome what the opposer is saying and not also not be able to control his uh his anger because you know there was several times where Biden would say things out of his character which basically kind of puts him in a box of like okay you're saying Trump can't control his his anger or his uh his mannerisms when it comes to certain things or certain questions but Biden can't do it either <laughs> <laughs> So it's like it's like the lesser of two evils, but you kind of see Biden falling into that same trap. Okay, um, and Josh, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the election on the uh, um, debate? Well, I'm going to be uh, transparent again. I was not watching the debate. This is actually what I was doing. So I was actually working on a passive income with uh, my girl. Shout out to Chloe Diz. And uh, mm -hmm. this had more important things to do, right? Because at the end of the day, whether whoever wins, we're, everyone's still going to be in the same situation. So as, to me, it just makes more sense to focus on your future. This make, to me, this makes more sense because both of the gentlemen here are squabbling, as Mike accurately said, like old men, but old wealthy men, old wealthy men of privilege. But at the end of the day, we aren't in that privileged situation. Just trying to create that privilege you know, for ourselves. So that, that was where my focus was on because as John said, reality TV show, right? So at the end of the day, it's just a show. It's politics. I'm a poli sci major, right? So once I actually learned what politics was about when it was mostly about business, but on a more massive commercial scale, because you're indoctrinating people, right? As opposed to being on the stock market and actually having a quality product or services and that being, you know, what actually dictates the value of your conglomerate when you're the 
federal government when you're getting a guaranteed income from taxes and how much money and then you could spend all this and spend all that. And we all know we was just talking about the barbershop government budgets. I work for the government. What do we do? We spend money because we have to spend it just so we can get the same budget next year. So at the end of the day, I'm not I'm not really concerned about what they're doing. And just how Banks and I were talking about earlier, people are getting all upset about Donnie, right? President Donnie not paying taxes. Well, if you have a business, you don't have to pay taxes either because you can write it off. So I actually learned something as opposed to just responding emotionally, like think logically about things. Okay. Um my thoughts were, and we and the taxes were the next subject, but you know, kind of got into it now, which is fine. My thoughts were, um, uh, I, I do see where Banks is coming from as far as you know being bullied a little bit, but also, uh, you know, as Hove once said, you know, don't argue with fools, the people from a distance can't tell who is who. Facts. And I felt like that Biden got sucked into that argument, and like you said, Banks lost all his debating points. I'm sure he was told to cover and debate prep. Because he kind of got sucked in and whatnot. And then he looked foolish too, looking like two, again, uh, two grumpy <laughs> old men, stuff like that. Right. So I just felt like that, um, that that's what kind of happened. And, and Josh, to your point, um, you know, I'm, people don't, you know, I'm, I'm heavy into the stocks and stuff like that. And that's what I do. And I watch a lot of stock shows and investment shows. And one thing they were saying, uh, even last night, they were saying, you know, of course, if you want to, of course, we all don't. Well, not we all, but a lot of people don't want to see Trump uh, in office anymore because of a lot of his uh, values and and uh, racist undertones and things of that nature. However, if you're an investor, if you're a person who wants passive income, if you're a person who's into the economics, listen, two things can be true. You can want him out of office, but please make sure you understand it may affect your bottom dollar at the end of the day. So... You know, just make sure you understand and go in or plan for that accordingly. Like, don't think you can have you can't have your cake and eat it too in, in this situation. So, I would just say that for people, you know, in, in that regard, because some people don't don't realize, you know, because they're emotionally like Josh was saying, and which is fine. You know, he's done a lot of bad things, but understand that it may affect you later on financially. But that's that's what I'm saying. Absolutely, and I think Banks hit it on the head initially, right? Because, and as Mike reiterated. This is how he won the first time against Hillary. And it's like you're falling for it all over again. He's not a politician. So why would he play politics? He's going to do the immature, petulant child thing anyway. And, you know, Grandpa Joe fell right into the trap. So if you want him to win, keep doing what you're doing, Joey. That, that's all I got to say. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on to all we got to say. So we kind of spoke on the taxes. I don't know if you had, you had any thoughts on the whole taxes thing, Banks, before we move forward off that. On the mm -hmm. fact he paid seven fifty in twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, Pence and uh, Kamala are actually talking about that right now with the tax bills. It's, but they're on a different conversation. But to get back to the topic, um, I think what Trump did is smart, and I'm gonna say why it's smart is just because. Trump is a business that everything that Trump does has is everything involved in business. And he's just basically using the hacks that are available to everyone in the United States of America. And he's basically showing like what you can do 
not really explaining what you can do with those particular hacks, but he's basically showing you what it is to be an American. Because when you are in the United States or you're being, you're being raised as an American, the whole point for you to uh, be successful and make money is for you to create a business because of the, the benefits that you receive of creating, of creating a business or LLC, whatever it is that you want to create. And with those benefits have a lot of tax, a lot of tax cuts that could definitely help what you pay back. And with Trump, he's using a lot of these hacks to where he's not necessarily paying as much as the average American, because the average American is not necessarily going to take uh, the steps to finding out on what they can do to also lessen the burden of what they're paying every year. So I think with what Trump is doing, doing what, what Trump did with his tax returns is smart because it's giving you uh, like in a sense, it's giving you that light bulb and like, okay, if he can do this, what can I do to mimic what he did? Because there has to be something or some sort of hack that I can figure out in regards to me creating a business or finding something to where I can do the same thing so I can create more profits for myself. And with that aspect, I like what he, I like that they brought that on the forefront because this is something that not only Trump does, there's, other, there's plenty of other people who do this too, but it's not really put out in the limelight. Right. And right. What else? My, go ahead, Josh. No, no, go ahead, Big Mike. Well, that was my point I said the other day on um, on a other show, Big Mike and Little Ant. Shout out to that. But he's not the only person, but he's is in the forefront because he's the president of the United States and we don't like him. But there's several, I'm sure, other, you know, multimillionaire, whether whether you play basketball, uh, actor, actress, who have these forensic accountants who are paying less taxes throughout the years, but they're not being investigated because they're not the president and they don't have, you know, people who are looking for things. Now, obviously, it's not a um, a uh, a right thing to do, you know, when it comes to right and wrong. But I think banks kind of hit on something. Like, it might start to see regular, everyday, small businesses owners, you know, look at what can I do to kind of pay less taxes to have more disposable income. So that, that might be what will come out of it. But go ahead, Josh. Absolutely. And just to add on here to Banks's point and Big Mike's point, as a son of an attorney, it's written into the Declaration of the Independence of what freedom actually means in America. So even the founding fathers were all businessmen who had who were also understood the law. So understanding the law at a level of an attorney. So you understand your rights and then you have a business which protects your income and your money and especially in terms of your long term wealth and whatnot. And then at the end of the day you're not really free until you have that established. So you know your rights, you have your business, and then you're actually free. Okay, that, that, that's, remember, because this is what the Declaration of Independence was created by, men who had this perspective of someone like a Donald Trump, someone like a Joe Biden, someone like a Mitt Romney, or any other businessman. Jay-Z raps about it all the time, about paying taxes and whatnot, right? So it's people of wealth understand this game. So get that passive income, get that machine going, and then you can start, you know, actually being free. Agreed, agreed. So we can move forward past the taxes because it was just a, the week of, of Trump. 
Uh, uh, and I people. Uh, funny. But I really had to earn it. Are you going to it? That's just true. Let me read the comment because I guess people will listen to the show. So, and not, not to be funny, but Democrats like a lot of handouts and like to cater to poor to the poor, where the Republicans cater more to people who have money, but either you had to earn it or you were born into it. By the way, the Democrats do cater to the poor, but a lot of them are also wealthy, like Biden, which is interesting. Great point, Tony Stark Jr. Or if you remember uh, John Kerry back in the day, he was like, his wife owned the whole Heinz ketchup. It was like crazy. It's like, it's a, wow. It's a lot. Wait, um, doesn't that mean Heinz Field like your uh, beloved Steelers as well? That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> I, got my, I, got, I, got, I got my terrible towel in there somewhere. Also, speaking of football, shout out to Beyond the Trenches, my football show, which is on a, my channel as well. But um, moving on forward to Trump's week, man, Banks, I know you got thoughts on this, um, him getting the whole uh, coronavirus, hospitalized, but then recovering within a couple of days. Just, uh, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that whole thing? Cause I know how you had a lot of thoughts on the coronavirus before in general. Uh, I mean, at this point, <laughs> with how the of how everything is going, I feel like it's somewhat inevitable for towards the point uh, where almost everyone could get the the virus at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think with President Trump, um, a lot of people, a lot of people are saying like it's fake or it's capped, like he doesn't really have it. Um, but then you see instances where he pulled his mask off and then you saw him like there was, he was trouble. He had trouble breathing and stuff like that. But you also have to remember Trump when he gives his speech, his speeches or his little talks, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of tricks behind the camera of what he does. Like even with that picture he showed, he, where he was showing a full day of office work, but the pictures that he took shows that he was only there for 10 minutes. And then when he strongly focuses on not scaring Americans because he doesn't want to create uh, an issue where people are panicking on, you know, the virus and like, and taking things out of control. So he, what he does is he, what I feel like he does, and he said this, he just basically twists or mends, certain thoughts or ideals that he's putting out to the public to help ease the, you know, the common person who basically believes and breathes everything that he says. And I think that's what he's doing, regardless of him saying like, Oh, I feel fine after three days. Like I say, if he, uh, if he does have it, I don't think he necessarily feels completely fine. What I think he's doing is he's just trying to ease uh, the American public and, give them some sort of confidence to, you know, rebuild and get our republic our public or our republic back into fruition. And I think that's what he's doing with the word choices that he's using and the commentary and the pictures and the things he's put regurgitating back to the public. Mm. Um I'll go. So um couple things um 
Number one, I agree with you 100%, Banks. This is how the uh, United States works. Uh, on top of the public, they also want to show a strong face to the um, to the other countries and stuff like that as far as leadership. And it's always been that way. It's just that now that we're so uh, able to view everything socially, it's a little harder to hide things. Had this been... I don't know how many years ago he would have been in the hospital for three weeks and nobody would have known he was in the hospital, right? But now it's so easy to find out. Um, you know, FDR, you know, he had polio and and his uh throughout most of his most of his presidency in the beginning in the election, he couldn't barely walk, but they would bring him to the back door and then slide him in on the stage. He would stand up just to do a debate and then slide out through the back door so nobody could see it. And of course, back then there weren't instant cameras and instant videos. So everybody thought the president was fine, but really he had polio the whole time. That's how he won the election. Mm -hmm. So this has always been going on, right? Um, also, it's followed the money as it always is, right? So the drug that he took, uh, that they gave him, Regeneron, which is kind of this new drug they're giving COVID patients that he's now touting every day, has now gone up almost 10% in the stock market over like the last four or five days. So now that he's promoting it, it's going up, right? So it's always follow the money, you know, whatever whatever you can do. If I were anybody now, I would invest in Regeneron because he's promoting it, he's walking around, and people are, it's going to go up. So I don't know if he was, how he really feels, you know, to, to that regard. But he's going to say he's feeling okay, you know, to your point. But go ahead, Josh. Oh, absolutely. And I agree with both of you gentlemen. I feel like you, we all know Trump is all about optics, right? I mean, he, you know, he's all about marketing. And I would say people like Takashi 69 come from the Donald Trump, you know, school of marketing about sensationalism being polarizing. And I agree with you, Miguel, as well. It's all about portraying and projecting that strength. But not and I wouldn't even say for America, I would just say for Donald Trump himself, personally, you know, I think he wants to, he knows his base, and he knows his base will, you know, really respond to his display of strength number one number two i was just talking about this with jazz at the barbershop he and jazz literally said like if donald trump wins co all covid is gone tomorrow like he he's opening everything up so and i know a lot of people are a lot very restless i know a lot of people you know let's say some people who are uh rebelling and not wearing masks anywhere and then getting upset when they're told to put the mask on. They feel like it's a violation of their freedom. All of those people are eating this up. They're just eating up, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They're just getting it shoved down their throat. And they want it like that. So, to me, I, I feel like it's speaking directly to his base. And that's the... And I think that right there might sway people who are on the border. Now, my dad and I were talking about this the other day. How you're still on the border of who to vote for now is beyond us, right? But for those who are, you got to think about the... Like in terms of the demographics of people who are on the border, things like that will sway them to Donnie. Yeah, I agree. And especially, again, uh, people who are about the money or the uh, economy a lot. And I look at and then he promotes a, a drug that brings uh, brings more money to this particular uh, stock and stuff like that. They love him right now. And stuff. So I think that uh, stuff like that, you know, will, will 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 help sway. So in the end, him getting COVID might have actually, you know, helped him in a way. However, he left a trail in his, uh, you know, behind him because half like 12 or 13 people got it from the same, uh, you know, uh, fundraiser. And, and Chris Christie, he ain't walking. He's still in the hospital five, six days later and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So 
Right. You know, and everybody's I, a little different. I agree. And I agree with you completely. I said the same thing, because if he does get it, it'll help. Because as we know, in terms of news cycle, it'll be all about him as opposed to Joe Biden. So he wins there again because he likes to he uh, uses the Kardashian business model of all news is good news, whether good or bad. Right. Polarization. And then if he beats it, then everything he's saying is validated instantly. And if none of his constituents die at all, he really won. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as, far as the COVID battle, it, it, yeah, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be tough for uh, Biden to try to counter that a little bit. So, you know, I'll say. Right. But, if, uh, yeah. To add to what Josh said, if all those people that they pointed out that have COVID and beat this and they end up becoming perfectly fine and like and show to an extent like as if nothing really happened it's basically going to defeat this whole criteria like okay this is just the flu i'm going to be sick for a couple of days a week or two and then i'll be fine and then it's going to dismiss and add on to that chart like okay this is really i don't have nothing to worry about i don't really care about wearing this mask and it's going to add on to that to that point of okay maybe i'm overreacting yeah but then and i want to move forward you can keep that up though josh but about the um with the covid let's talk about the nfl players right and the fact yeah. that several teams have had players get covid and they're postponing games they're canceling practices they're putting teams on bye weeks um because of it because they don't have a bubble they're playing and flying regular from game to game so how do you think – what do you think about that? And do you think the season – how do you think the season can continue like this? Uh, Josh, what do you think about that? Well, I'm just surprised that they, you know, didn't learn from Major League Baseball because they had this problem as well. And you see, you know, basketball, even though they had a lot of – a couple of players, not a lot, like a couple of players violating the bubble for, uh, let's say, extra, extracurricular activities, it's still – wings. Right. For wings, bro. <laughs> exactly. But it's still kept – the right. let's say the outbreak from going uh, exploding as how it did in right. major league baseball and nfl so you would think you would might want to use that strategy but at the end of the day we understand who the constituents of the nfl are so they had to let's say use a the, the president's philosophy about covid and be like oh it's not that big of a deal right but the thing is that they're they're treating it like it is, though, because they, they literally postpone whole games and they, you know, uh, canceling practice for the week and, and all this other stuff. So it's kind of weird. It's like in one way to treat it like it's not that big of a deal. But then when it happens, they're shutting things down. So I wonder, like, would a president's maybe his um, miraculous recovery, let's say, make them operate differently? Let's just say, you know what? Let's just keep playing. Like, we're not going to keep, you know, shutting things down or uh, – what do you think about all the COVID and NFL uh, banks? I mean, I think the biggest issue, at least of right now, I honestly do feel like a lot of the players, if they do catch it, they're going to be fine. Unless if, you know, there might be some mm-hmm. pre-existing uh, conditions that we might know about, we might not know about. Um, but I feel like the biggest issue right now is because regardless of what, the president and the, his affiliates, that's based, they're on a whole nother level in comparison to the NFL 
I feel like if the NFL gets to a point to where it becomes um, something that they can't control, the biggest fear is them getting shut them getting shut down because of that. Mm-hmm. It's one thing for you know the president to have mm-hmm. it, but that is they're considered what essential workers in that sense. Right, right. The right, NFL right. players aren't. So mm-hmm. if that happens, they the likelihood of them getting shut down is higher in comparison to the White House. So I think that's like the biggest fear at this point where they have to find a way to control it because they don't want to get shut down because, you know, they're not really an essential, they're not essential workers. It's just more, it's just entertainment. Now, Josh, knowing the money that they generate on a regular basis, especially TV watching, do you think they will ever shut down or they'll just keep business as usual? No matter what happens, uh, I think they're probably making it up as they go. Kind of what you alluded to. First, it's not a big deal. Then it is. So I think it's again all about optics, right? This, they just want to show that they're doing something. I feel like they already have contingency plans for all of these things, and this, this, you know, they just have different phases. Like, okay, if we do this and it doesn't work, we'll do this plan. If we do this plan and it doesn't work, then we'll do that plan. So I feel like it's uh, as we know it, and we'll get into it later with. Uh, let's say the storyline in sports when we talk about Kyrie and LeBron, but essentially the NFL and most sports, and I would say sports worldwide have a lot to do with the dramatic storyline, similar to Tony Stark Jr.'s favorite sport, wrestling. Makes sense. Yeah. I just don't, I think at this point they're about to go into week five. I think that they're going to, they're going to have these situations happen, but the TV revenue is too much and they're all about the money. Mm. And I think they're going to keep playing until the end. Um, It's a shame because they'll keep playing, but it's not going to be this. It's not going to like this week. Cam had to miss a game, right? Right. Um, It could be uh, Tom Brady next week. So the records won't really show how good the teams are because they're missing star players, but, they will keep playing regardless of like. So it's just uh it's it's kind of not fair, but it is what it is, uh, in that regard. And um speaking of uh, stuff, this, this is not on a, on a topic, but you know, we, we saw I didn't put this in the topic list because it was early, but it happened this week. We saw the entire movie theaters decided to close, right? Because nobody's going. And same situation, nobody's going because of uh I get, well, I don't know why nobody's going, actually. That's my question. So they opened up, they can open up. But since nobody's going, they're not generating revenue for their closing. However, banks, John, uh, Josh, as you know, people are going to restaurants. They're going to the gyms. Why are they not going to the movies even though they were allowed to open? Like, what, what do you think? Well, my opinion is I don't even know what's out. Like, I don't see no commercials. I don't see no ads. I don't see no image productions for movies or any excitement behind it. So I'm like, movie theaters are open, but what am I going to watch? An old movie? What's the point? You could just go use Netflix or, you know, get a red box or whatever. So I don't see the reason for the, the movie theaters to be open if there's no, you know, prize or no incentive to draw people in, like, you know, reduced rates for during the time of pandemic or, I don't know, something or something that could ge- that generate people to going in there. But otherwise, there's no reason for it. That's what Tony Stark just said. Um, yeah, there's nothing to see. But is there nothing to see because nobody's going, right, Josh? So our studio is not putting it out because it's scared nobody's going to go. So it's just this game of, like, chicken. Like, you know, back 
back and forth? What do you think, Josh? Well, I, I think we all know that the only reason I went to the movie theaters was to see Tenet because that's my favorite director, Christopher Nolan. So that that's the only reason why I went there. Now, for you know, advent, you know, adamant moviegoers like moviegoers like Tony Stark Jr. and yourself, I think you guys are struggling right now, and I and I understand and I respect that. But for the average person, and I feel like my cousin brought up a great point on mental theater. The only reason you know most people go to the movies is for the blockbusters so if there's no blockbusters people aren't really checking for the movies at the end of the day so that's uh there and as he alluded to the business model of the movie theaters are on those movies that not a lot of people see but people just go to see because they love movies right but on the other side if there were blockbusters would they go or are they still scared See, right? It's this game of like chicken and the egg. Like which one is the reason why it's not happening or not? Well, so it's, it's, like it, it's definitely both because even if like Black Widow, even if Black Widow came out again, it's only 25 percent capacity. So you can't recoup the amount of money that it would cost for get people like banks to be aware of in marketing. Right. And then gotcha. get people okay. to see you. You can't mathematically it's not going to pan out. I and mean, we all know how much, as you said, People like their money, especially a corporation like Disney. Okay, let me ask you something, Banks. Well, I know you're not, you go all over the world, but <laughs> for the average person, right? Mm -hmm. Why is there more fear to go to a movies than it is to go to the gym or a restaurant? Or on a plane. See, I don't think it's fear. I just think, you know, adding to Tony Stark's uh, point, there's nothing, there's no excitement, there's nothing to draw people to want to go to the movie theater. And I think that's all it is. Like what movie is that they're going to put out or that's out that people want to see that would, that would draw people to want to go see it. There's nothing. If they put something out, people will go out, but there's nothing out. Right. But to Tony's point, Black Widow's supposed to come out in November, but they moved it mm -hmm. because it's good. Nobody going to go. So why didn't they right. keep it there? If they thought people would go to see it. Right, that's, that's, that's my point. I think I think the point is they're just they're just playing the fact the factor of this is not something that they're used to. They don't know what they don't know what they could expect, and they don't want to take a loss. They're not taking a risk. If it was me, I would take the risk because I know gotcha. the American public. You go to the malls; the malls are still crowded. Restaurants right. are crowded. Gyms. Uh, parks, gyms, people are going to it. And if this is a movie that people are generally are showing interest in, they're going to still go and see it. So I would, I would put it out just to put it out. But, you know, if they want to, you know, delay and delay, okay, whatever. But sometimes in life, you got to take risk. And I think mm. by, I think that would be one good example to see or set the tone in regards to finding out what the general public would do. But in essence, to answer this, the general question, just nothing out. So there's nothing out. I don't see why people would rush to go to the movie theaters and waste money. I, another thing, waste 10, 15, 20 dollars to see a movie that that does not that does not generate enough interest for them to want to go out and do that. So you would take the risk economically, Josh, if you were the studio, you would or wouldn't take the risk and put it out? Right uh, me personally, depends on what you're putting out. Like if it's a blockbuster, because even if it doesn't do well domestically, it could do well internationally where things are more open up as well. So an example like Tenet, which is probably the biggest movie out right now, they could still clear 400 million. Now, it, it could probably without pandemic, it'll probably make 900. 
I would guess right. at minimum. Right, right, you're right. But there in four hundred million is breaking even. So right. you, you take a risk, as Banks was saying, and you you yeah. actually might break even, maybe not in the states, but internationally. So going to places like Japan and China, where it was released first, you might be all right. And close this. I was curious about what about what you would do if you were the studio. That's all. Would you take the risk or not? Oh yeah, I would for like for a movie like this, I would. Because okay. nothing else is out. What is it going to compete with? Okay. Gotcha. People don't clean this. <laughs> Cole cracks me up now. Um, all right. Moving forward, man. Our last topic in the current events. And uh, I guess it's, still, it's all related this time. But it's about the vaccine trials participants. And uh, some of them experienced very bad symptoms. But they said it's worth it. Because they know they have a vaccine right now. So speaking of risk, would you take that risk, Bank? Of taking the vaccine? Yeah, take a vaccine right now. No. Right. No. No. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a no for okay. me. Now, what if you knew for a fact you were 100% covered from it if you took it? Like, let's say if you did, would you, would you take it? Knowing your symptoms will be bad, though. So I'm going to take a vaccine... And I'm going to take it just because I'm going to be covered. Nah. So what happens if it makes me, if I'm, if I go paralyzed or if I lose the feeling of something, what, how are they going to cover that? That just, my life is ruined. <laughs> I, <laughs> it sounds dramatic, but it's the truth. And I, and yeah. I, if you look at the past of what some of these vaccines have done to people, which they tried to sweep under the rug, it has ruined a lot of people's lives. And mm-hmm. the government has not done much to help them so i don't i personally don't like the idea of all the drugs and chemicals and all that stuff they put in there and especially if they're going to give you a vaccine and not explain to you what's in it and not explain what these what these things that they're putting in it if they can't give me uh, a list of each ingredient that they put in these vaccines they can't explain to me what exactly it is and where it came from why would I want to take that? Makes sense. Uh, what about you, John? Uh, I saw you nodding your head already, but Josh, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Absolutely. Thank you, Claude Diz. Tuskegee experiment, number one. Number two, going back to your point, Miguel, follow the money. How many billions of dollars are going to be made from this vaccine? How many billions of dollars are already invested into the vaccine? And we all know that there's really no ethics when it comes to money involved in medicine. Number three, at the end of the day, I treat it like a, a flu shot, right? And if you're thinking about things like pathology and virology, where you're studying these infectious diseases, it even hasn't been around long enough to know if a vaccine is warranted. So similar to the argument everyone has made, which is valid, right, for the vaping. Like if vaping hasn't been around long enough to, for you to actually know the detriment to your body, so the, the study, the the, 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 the science isn't there in terms of the, the research to be like, oh, this is actually needed. So you, you needed a polio vaccine after a certain point. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. And I, I think that um, 
kind of what Banks's point. It's just too experimental. Yeah, I might not get coronavirus, but who knows what else I'm gonna get, right? So <laughs> it's not really worth it at the end of the day. Yes. And Cole's right. The flu shot still isn't foolproof 100. And I never even take that because it gives you the flu. I'm like, I don't exactly. Want the flu. Like it's making it sense to me. And so. guess what? What guess what rights are gonna wave away? Wave away before taking that vaccine in case any of those things happen. That's come on now. Yeah, I agree. And, and and also look at it like this, man. If there's there's going to be millions of people, right, who will be dumb enough to take the vaccine. You know what I mean? If the vaccine makes them paralyzed, but they can no longer get coronavirus, means they can't spread it, then great. That means I, that means less person spread than me. So I'm sorry you had to be the guinea pig here, but I'm not taking it. So I look at it like that, you know, on that end. Yeah, so, only, only thing um, I'm worried about is if the vaccine is connected to travel like and especially like with passports like oh you can't enter this country unless you have a vaccine then i'm gonna be like ah fuck yeah. i would love to ask you that question if that happened but we'll cross that when we get to it but mm. yeah i would love to ask you that question what would you do with that because you're you're the passport muse you know what i mean you're the, you're the guy well, i would only go to places that they don't require the vaccine at first and that'll be my niche. There it go, right there boom <laughs> we would have to we would definitely have to get rich so we can uh, find a way the loophole. Because well, I'm assuming yeah. if you have a private jet, Thank you won't have to go through those those particular uh, Thank you, protocols. Banks. Looking like the the yeah. what's it called the Uber private jets? Gonna have to join one of them groups. Right. There it is, right there. But I can imagine because they already pushed the flu shot now, right? You go to the doctor's office, mm-hmm. like they they push that like they're pushing cocaine, like Eesh. they push it super hard. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine. How they're gonna to try to push the coronavirus vaccine when you go to, just to get a checkup? And they stuff like they that. won't even have to though. <laughs> <laughs> but um, moving forward, man, it's the end of the uh, oh oh. Tony Stark has a comment. He said, "I worked in market at a market research company for 19 years, and I could tell you there were some drugs that doctors wouldn't rate rate the long term side effects, and years later the drug got taken off the market." I mean, I believe that 100%. Moving forward, man, to pop culture. And um, let's get into, let's get back into, we got some updates in the last month about uh, Tori and Meg and the shooting. And uh, Tori. And Tori, you dropped a song and an album. Um, let's start with Banks, man. This is your, this is your guy and your, and your, mm-hmm. your, your topic. What, what are your thoughts on this, man? The album is phenomenal. I heard. I heard like I heard the delivery, tired. how quick he put it out, the music, the samples, the wordplay. It's definitely you could tell this is a guy that is hurt, talented. but also yeah. wants to showcase his talent as well, but also, you know, speak his side because he's definitely venting a lot, you know, speaking on the artist, canceling him despite all the favors he's done for them and all the people that he feels that's somewhat irrelevant trying to, you know, get shine from adding on to the points that are bringing Tory down. And he definitely uses that, um, his platform to, you know, try to combat those thoughts. Um, it also gives you, uh, a chance of to really think, Okay, he's saying all this, but not saying everything, obviously, because he does have an open case. It would be stupid for him to speak about all the details without the case without the case actually being complete. 
um, or reaching a verdict. Uh, but it also makes you think, like, what exactly happened? What exactly is missing from this story? What is the dirt's point of this triangle of offenses of, like, what's going on? And um, I think of what he put out, you know, it kind of it kind of adds on. And then you look at Megan, she put a song out. You would think she would put a song out to maybe explain a bit more in detail what happened or explain her side. No, what she does, she goes into Megan fashion and just put another song about her private parts. And the song is horrible. I remember I played it in Philly and people were like, what is that? Yeah, that my, everyone's asking that's me. What was, what is that the one with the real colorful video, whatever it is, I think, something like that. I didn't, I didn't know she put a video, but she put another song out with, um, I think, with Young Thug. I do, yeah, 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 Young Thug, okay, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and it, it's just the P words everywhere. I'm like, yo, this mm-hmm. is crazy. <laughs> so, like, yo, this chick does not le- learn from her, whatever. You heard his, his, his song kind of, I guess, telling his side of the story. Like, what do you think mm-hmm. about that? Like, does it make you... Are you? Do you believe one way or another? Do you think so? There's more more details we don't know. I believe there's more details in what we don't know, and I even with him explaining um, how he would take her back, how he's not understanding why everyone's going against him, how uh, when he explains like the fragments and the there's no bone and off of what the gunshot or whatever how you get shot and it doesn't hit a bone or do anything like that. Him just breaking little intricate details like that and voicing and being descriptive to an extent, it just gives you the, it gives you the idea of like, okay, what, what exactly is going on here? And then you see the little things with Megan and her best friend falling out. And Megan's not really saying much as much. Now you would think, this would be a point of Megan, you know, Tori puts an album out. Um, he's saying all this stuff. Don't you think Megan will go out and start voicing more of her side? Like, oh, th- this isn't true, blah, 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 and all this. And technically, she's, you know, kind of varying or veering herself away from it, from that particular subject. And But then you see all these little blogs and other things like that trying to bring down Tori with these smear campaigns, trying to cancel them, trying to say... Uh, listen to Meg's old album instead of his album and all the other stuff just trying to bring him down. So it just I just think that side is unique on, you know, and also adds on to that cancel culture. Like why another thing Tori points out is like, don't you notice, especially when it comes to the canceling culture, you know, they tried to steer that ideal to, you know, the black community. They always try to put us against each other as opposed to working with each other or trying to figure out ways to help elevate us as opposed to bringing us down and he also talks on points on that so in essence to me i think there's more to it uh listening to the album i can't necessarily you know we only heard two sides we haven't heard the final truth and it's not right to just completely judge someone when you don't have the verdict you don't have all the facts yet and you we're basically going by he say, she say. And at the end of the day, if you were in their shoes, how would you feel if somebody's literally breaking you apart and what they're saying about you is 
knock a full story, you know? And I think people tend to forget that. And and it's someone's livelihood that you might not that might not that you might try to get rid of without knowing the full story. So that's what's right. really unfair. Though uh as far as uh, his credibility, he did say one of those songs that he was five seven. I know he lied about that. So I don't know what we're gonna go with that. But uh Eesh. Josh <laughs> but Josh uh uh then he came out with a song talking about it and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on the whole drama and the shooting and stuff like that? Eric right, Vinny. Well, in terms of the album, I thought it was, you know, interesting. I didn't listen to it at all, but the fact that he sold this amount of, you know, album sales without zero promotion. In fact, he was blackballed. So if you get blackballed by everyone in the industry, right, everyone who owes you favors reneged on those favors, right? Like imagine like in uh, John Wick 3 in Parabellum when he has that trump card medallion Mm -hmm. and she said nah you can't use that here basically right so and he did that so now i'm thinking like again i don't know his uh record label status i don't know he was dropped because of the incident but if he if he's uh he he fulfilled his deal all right yeah yeah. because it it would have benefited him if he didn't have a contract at all because now he 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 doesn't have a contract exactly that, that's what I'm saying. So that that's showing all all the other independent artists like, you know what? I could do this, too. All I need is a little bit, a little bit of buzz, a little bit of quarantine radio. And there you go. You could get some album sales. Now, in terms of the the alleged event, I think it's setting a very dangerous precedent. Right. So I think we can all agree. And this is where some people go off on the on the deep end because their emotions are involved. They're not thinking logically. Right. So again, it's a lot easier when it's third party. So I do think it's a massive distraction as was the, uh, the uh, entanglement, right? Especially for black people specifically, especially during this time, right? When we need to be coming together is dividing us further apart, which is exactly what they get paid to do. And we talked about that before, but more specifically is setting a dangerous precedent to believe conjecture and hearsay and the court of public opinion, as opposed to the actual facts, right? And then you're set, you're creating an environment in, a, in about 18 to 20 years when all these people who are keeping that same, hopefully they keep that same energy when people are coming at their sons like that about things that they allegedly did or didn't do, but the court of public, public opinion says that they did. So now what you going to do? Now, because you're going to be like, yeah. oh, you got you got to believe my son. He wouldn't do anything like that. Oh, da, 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 da. But it's it's vilifying men, as we see. We saw with, we'll talk about it later, with with people like Cosby. So this is one of those things. People are more, it's, it's kind of, actually had a revelation today. It's almost as if people are using the same parameters that these people, these police officers are using they're shooting first and asking questions later so you're using that philosophy you're not even for, uh, worried about the facts at all you just like you know what you're probably guilty and i'm gonna have this type of verdict in my mind and then have an action and execute that action literally right yeah that makes sense that's actually a great analogy you know what i mean it's, uh, the police officer there um I got a question, though. So you said that, you know, sales-wise, independence, you know, it's good that he was independent right now because of this. However, um, do you think uh, not having a protection of a major label 
kind of hurt him in the beginning of this. Cause you know how like the labels, you know, they they have the um the uh the sort of scandal type mm-hmm. people, PR people sweeping sweep things under the rug for you, they get mm-hmm. you the best lawyer thing, blah blah blah. And do you think you're being on the island without that kind of hurt him a little bit? Not at all. I think I, I think it added to the legend, right? Because part of that protection, as you call it, like having the shield, right? Part of that shield is being accepted by and being validated by the industry, which he wasn't. So even if he had it, they would have dropped him. Then he would have been asked out. But the fact that he didn't, he was able to approach it from that vantage point. So it's kind of like having, imagine having a, uh, a get out of jail free card. It's the same thing, like the medallion and then not being able to have it validated because you're betting everything your whole life on that. And then they take out the table underneath you. So I think it, it was better right. for him to approach it from that vantage point as the independent. Cause this, is, Cause this is why like a lot of people stay with, you know, um, bigger corporations, right? Because of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But in certain cases, you're right. They'll drop you. I.E. Nick Cannon, right? Like a bad habit. Hey, <laughs> hey, all oh, full disclosure, RP mom, but that happened to Kobe and Adidas. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. This is how corporations right. work. So to be honest, F corporations guys do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. They, they they seem like they got your back when they sign you, but they really don't at the end of the day, you know, depending on what you do. If you get like a a parking ticket, they got you. But when something really happens, you know you're on your own. Stuff like that. So right. interesting. But 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 to story, man, yeah, it's just it, all of it is this, man. It's always more sides to the story, so we shouldn't be uh uh be so rushed to judge. And like uh Banks said, the whole thing with the best friend, like out of nowhere, stop talking to her and they don't even follow each other. That is where the shakiness comes into me. Or whatever. I'm like, yo, but she and she was there that night too. So it's like something ain't right about the situation. So looking at all the details, I like to have all the facts. Looking at all the details, I can't come to a conclusion on what mm-hmm. exactly happened. So because of that, how could I say, you know, he was wrong or she was wrong or whatever? Stuff like that. So. Right. And I also think Another thing with that is um, with Megan. Ah, damn! I just lost train of thought when I read Chloe's uh, message. <laughs> uh, damn it, Chloe's. <laughs> damn, I, I can't remember. But it's all good. All right, uh, but you know, I, this, this is um, a uh, a ongoing situation. So I feel like we won't ever get to, not not ever, but it'll be a while to get to the actual bottom of it. But he'll he'll continue to sell independently and keep making his money. Because again, I, and this was something I always believe, right? Shots back out to oh, Mamba. Now I remember. I remember that. But, um, another thing that they brought up, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Mike. I sent it did send into our chat where um, they were explaining. I don't know. I I think it was one of the um, stylists she who does contracts with Megan at times, she was Gosh. explaining that uh, Megan, yeah, that she was explaining that Megan does have a drinking problem and that Megan does turn into a different person that no one can control. Mm. And that's another key factor that she pointed out. Even though she said she wasn't there, she is aware that Megan does have um, a lot of demons she's trying to fight, and she is still grieving over the loss 
over her of her mother. And with the drinking and the change of sides, Megan does have, you know, an alter ego that is uncontrollable. So that's another factor to the case, which is also pretty interesting. And another thing that Megan never admits to. Well, I'm, I'm going to go back to the Tory part. Uh, similar to what 50 said, we talked about on our last show, he can't mm-hmm. be canceled because, you know, he, he puts out a lot of popular stuff, right? Same thing with Mamba. Talent conquers all. So if Tory continues to put out great, good, good, good bodies of work, it's going to sell. You know what I mean? Like right. if Kobe was a, a third bench player, you know, you would have never heard from him again. But because exactly. he's so talented, he got right past it. Same thing with uh with, with Tory. So I think talent yeah. conquers all. Chris Brown, people, another great example. Right. Like people admire talent. People admire greatness. People admire hard work. And what Tory's doing, he's not lazy. He's he's back in, like with the clip with uh, Funk Flex. He's back yeah. in the studio making another album putting out new joints, putting videos out. Like, he's consistently working. He's not letting this setback, which would typically, you know, break down anyone and cause them to hide in a bubble and say, I can't do this, I can't do that. Where he's putting out, he's putting joints out. He's putting song after song. He's putting, he's trying to put more music out, quality music out to get people back on his side. Where Meg, I don't know what she's doing. She's just putting, you know, her peace songs out. This is, uh, (laughs) this is what Meg is doing. I love this meme. It's so accurate. (laughs) (laughs) It is very, it is very accurate uh, for 2020 or even the last five years. I definitely agree with that. Uh, Moving forward, man. uh, So this is kind of a a topic about the show power book too, but also because of one of the scenes in the last episode had a character, a male character, sleeping with another male character, and then I brought up stuff about the gay agenda in, in Hollywood and stuff like that, which uh, I think Josh was talking about in our, in our chat and stuff like that. So, um, Bank, you watched it. What did you mm-hmm. think when you watched it, and, and what do you think about the whole agenda? So, When I've seen it, I remember, I don't know if it was Snoop that commented on it. I got, I got somebody. you, Banks. You got it? Yeah. Snoop Dizzle. Uh, it was Snoop, right? Yep. Yeah. And I saw the screen capture because I didn't see the episode yet. I was like, what is this? What is he talking about? I'm trying to figure it out. And then when I watch it, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And I'm seeing it. I'm seeing how graphic they're getting. And I'm like, why is this even needed? Like, the show was doing good without this. And even 50 Cent commented with the other show, Empire, how they use that too much. And now all of a sudden, there's a, new, there's a new series, new season, and they're throwing this in there, and it's becoming more, you know, more present. And now it's kind of thinking, now it's like, okay, is 50 Cent just going for the check now, as opposed to the values that he believes in or whatever? Or, like, what would it what exactly is going on into this particular agenda make of normalizing, you know, uh, these type of relationships on, you know, premium television. And in my opinion, I don't think, I didn't think that scene or the, the moments that they're adding onto the show with that 
is really necessary based off of, you know, the prior seasons. But, you know, I guess whatever power uh, or whatever powers that are that may be are demanding for something like this to be added. Um, but it really was a shock uh, to many people when uh, that particular scene came up and how uh, graphic they got uh, was definitely a, a bit alarming. Um, so Josh, well, uh, yeah, Josh, what are your thoughts on, I guess, that, but I know you don't watch the show, but even the whole agenda itself, what you were speaking about earlier on our, in our chat. Right. And to add on to Banks's point to me is I'm not surprised at all from 50 because 50 is a hustler, baby. What you mean? He knows exactly where the money is, exactly where the money's coming from. And I could totally see him getting a show like for life on ABC and the executives are like, you know what? You need to diversify power a little bit. And he's like, you know what? You're right. He, he understands the agenda. He understands what's going on. And when I say agenda, I mean something being forced into content as opposed to naturally being there. Correct. Similar to how for the better betterment of most people's lives in the past couple hundred thousands of years, the Catholic Church forcing things down people's throats. I don't agree with that approach. You present what you want. You present your ideology, your beliefs to people. They either believe them or they don't. Right. Or they either accept them. They either agree with them or they don't. And to me, that's fair. But if you keep forcing it and forcing it and forcing it, I don't agree with that either. I don't agree with any agenda. Allow people to create content the way that they want. And I, again, if you have enough talented people, everyone's going to get represented. Um, yeah, so I, I don't, I, I don't know if it's all 50 or if it's a showrunner, Courtney Kemp, cause she's got a lot of stuff to do with the writing and stuff like that. And I don't know how much, you know, ultimate say he has, but also I do agree with Josh's overarching point about the whole forcing things down. I don't agree with any agenda at all. Like don't, you know, make a gay couple just to fill a quota right on the show. Also, as a black person, I don't need to see an all-white cast with a talking black guy because you've got to say, you know what, we got to get more diverse on this show. We got to add a black guy and stuff like that. Is that's not how it was written in the beginning? Don't do it in the end. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like any agenda, anyway, is is wrong. You know, overall, and um, and that's what I don't like. As far as this is concerned, it's funny because if you read Snoop's comment, it's like he don't want to say anything left either. So they're both protecting their, their, their overall, you know, their overall, uh, uh, a brand. Right. Cause he's like, you know, the show is a masterpiece. You know what I mean? Like that's what Snoop said, you know, after 50 commented. So it's very interesting. Like the fear of not saying what you really feel about it overall, because of what you're scared might happen to you. Um, you know, in that regard, um, as far as like the show, Banks is right. It really didn't fit you know, in the show and the tone of the show and the tone of the previous show, it really doesn't, it really didn't fit and it was unnecessary, but you know, and because it didn't fit Josh, that makes me feel like there's more of an agenda based scene than just a natural flowing scene, you know, overall. So those are my thoughts. Uh, but you know, overall, besides that, the show so far is better than what I expected. How about you, Banks? What do you think? It, it, I'm, I am mad about the, the uh, mid-season finale where we're not going to see anything until December, which is whack. Uh, 
but I do find it interesting uh, with the twist, especially with uh, with the guy, the basketball player Zeke. Yeah, yeah. Zeke actually taking down. Um, well, she's yeah. a professor, right? Professor, yeah, professor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was kind of strange, but kind of real at the same time because I don't want to put women in a box, but she was in a vulnerable moment based off trying to get rid of, trying to forget this guy, but she's in a twist. And in a sense, he kind of felt that energy and took advantage of it. So even though it was kind of weird to see the student athlete take down this professor, but in real life, in real life standards, she's in a vulnerable moment. She's in a twist of turns with her love life, not trying to do this, not do that, trying to get over this particular guy. And, you know, when women get over certain things, you know, they're a little bit more crafty. They tend to do things that are unexpected. So when I seen that, it was kind of like, whoa. But then me just from experiences of seeing that women can do that. And I could see that happening. Like, oh, okay, this guy's whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's showing me attention. Uh, I'm just going to cave into it. It's there. Let, maybe this will help me get over this situation and move past it. And then it might just be a one and done thing with her. And if that made the case. So what I, so when I look at it in that standpoint, it's like, okay, this is strange. But if I look at it from a more clever approach, I get it. So I, I like those clever approaches that they throw into there where they get you thinking like, okay, I could see that happening. Sounds like Banks had something lesson in college his days with some professors, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like it, it's not just college; it's, it's that that can happen. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. The barber what shop, do you, think? you know, the barber shop. Wait, what? <laughs> it can happen. Hey, hey the barber shop, the store, Holiday Inn oh, for yeah. you, or whatever the hotel yeah. was called. <laughs> yeah, barber shop for me too. But that's not a story. Before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What do you think is Tariq is a lead right now before I move on, Josh? What do you think is Tariq is a lead? Thanks. Oh, Tariq? Uh, he still annoys me. Mm. Um, I, I think it was just that, that whole spoiled brat, uh, you know, and then your mom's going through all this because she's lying for you. Um, all this could have been avoided. You not understanding what your dad had to do what your dad has to do to get you what to get you where you at to avoid the struggles that that you're basically putting yourself through right now all this hassle all this back and forth all these creating um, unwarranted alliances where you can't really see what's going to happen at the end of the tunnel it's like all this stuff and all this pressure that he's doing he created which could have been heavily avoided if he kept his dad alive and i that and what I'm seeing right now, this makes me not really like Tariq even more. <laughs> like, I still don't like his okay. character. Yeah, and to, and to add on to that, uh, well, I just think, left the left the barbershop, and Jazzo was he still heated at Tariq, number one. But it was interesting, from someone who doesn't follow the show, for, as a third party, just hearing the storyline, you know, doing what I do, it's interesting to see the parallels of Ghost trying to escape that life and doing what he was doing with the club initially and, and Angie and all that, 
And then he has Tariq in a similar situation in college, but he's trying to go back to the streets. This is a very interesting parallel. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Um, and the story time with Mikael. <laughs> um, and Banks, uh, one last thing. What do you think of Mary J and Method Man on the show and they're acting right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I do like uh, how the show... Method Man being married but having an affair with, uh, you know, his legal assistant, oh, um, yes, right. who basically, yeah. who's basically doing all the work, uh, right. which I feel, I like the power that they're giving to the woman. I like that. Um, Mary J. Blige, I, I remember I was watching with the groomsmen, uh, the the last episode. Some of them, uh, I'm just using their examples. They don't really like Mary's acting. Mm-hmm. Like they feel like she kind of overdoes it with certain scenes. Um, I think I think she's okay uh, for the type of character she has to play. And just judging Mary on who Mary is, I think it kind of fits into her lifestyle, especially with her music <laughs> of heartbreak and twist and turmoil and all that. <laughs> um, but I kind of I can kind of see where some people might get annoyed with how she portrays the character and being the mom and being at a twist to turn on who to trust on who, who to give the power to who not to give the power to and all that. But um, I'm curious to see, I would need to see the, the last few episodes to see how she handles all that for me to get a, a better idea. If I really like her character because at the end of the day, I don't really feel like we re- you really need her character either, especially with the kids. Um, and like Kane's character, out of all of them, Kane is really, really taking over. With the, even though he has little scenes here and there, Kane is really, he's really showing his growth and uh, is diverse, diversifying his role, and especially seeing him with the other roles that we've seen him in the past. And to see this, I mean, I, I like Kane's character. Yeah, okay. I, I think she's a little too one-tone, actually, as an actress. But I think she's fine for what they want her to do. But she's mm-hmm. not a great actress and whatnot. But, uh, you know, so far, so good. Like I said, we'll see you moving forward. But, Josh, uh, next top we got is, uh, you know, about a week and a half ago, I think it was, Kanye West went on another uh, tweet uh uh, day, I guess we'll call it a tweet day with Kanye, Peace. and uh, one of them <laughs> we have that done with Josh. Thing. We do, and he keeps doing this by the way. These just random days he's going to tweet all day and stuff like that. Um, and that's when he says, I'm the only, am I, at least, I'm the only person who can speak on this because I made multi billions outside of music. No musicians make, make billions inside of music. I'm going to change this. I know a lot of musicians are not allowed to say anything, but I can't be muted or canceled. So I'm going to say everything as always. Michael Jackson, Bill Cosby, and wait for it, R. Kelly had documentaries made or were taken down by white media. There has never been a black media company that would take down a white celebrity. So what are your thoughts on that, Josh, when you see when you hear that or see that? I mean, he's not factually incorrect. 
number one. And as we alluded to before, sometimes it's our own people taking down our own stars, right? Before actually hearing all the facts. And then we act when then we actually hear things that are presented as facts, right? From let's say the white media or from people with that authority and privilege, we just automatically believe it because they have that authority. So it's validated. And from our perspective, so I think we just have to get over that uh, inclination to naturally believe everything that's told from people who aren't from the community. And then we second guess every little thing. Right. So oh, like it, it could be the smallest thing. You're always going to second guess it just because like, oh, you ain't do that. Da, 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 da. And it, it's a it's an instinct now. And it's unfortunate. And again, it's Kanye being Kanye. He's going about it the wrong way. But it's Kanye, right? But he still has a valid point. So the, people are going to focus on the the content of what he's saying and how he said it as opposed to the point of what he's actually saying. Yeah, and they want to focus on who he's talking about, right? But um, I, I do agree with a lot because you look at especially um, R. Kelly, for instance. He, until that Surviving R. Kelly came out, there was not this huge investigation all of a sudden. So it's kind of like, you know, weird that it took a lifetime documentary to lock him up. Like, what were the cops doing before that? And again, that was by a white media company who put that out. So they made they made millions off of it, you know, and they can care less whether he was went to jail or not. Right. And but it took that to kind of do it. So it's kind of weird uh, in that regard. But what do you think when you see this? Uh, thanks. Right. And I think that it just alludes to the point that, you know, bring in what Tory was saying uh, with these white corporations trying to pair, trying to tear down the black man. And um, if you look at it, I think I'm not don't call me on this, but I believe R. Kelly's contract was coming to an end with mm-hmm. the record label. Mm. So, I mean, they they hate to sound like a uh, like a conspiracy, or whatever. But I mean, his record, his contract is coming to an end. They made it. They made millions and millions and millions of dollars with R. Kelly, and with his writing, and with the music he's put out. He's always put hits out. He's wrote he's wrote a plethora of hits for many and different artists. So if you're thinking that he was going to, you know, maybe do his own thing, okay, we don't need this guy no more. Do whatever you can to basically diminish whatever that he was trying to do within the future. And we could just recoup what we already have from this artist. And same thing with Bill Cosby, you know, he was trying to create a platform for black people and have his own TV network. They don't want that. So then we need to figure out something that we can do to break down his character and, you know, take away what he could do. Because at the end of the day, Bill Cosby and with the connections that Bill Cosby has, is really the only guy black male in the music. I'm not music in the um, in the industry to be able to do that. And I feel like a lot of people are looking past those particular facts, mm. um, and especially with the things that uh, Mr. Cosby has lost, especially with his children, and uh, with the ideals that he's always presented when it comes to the things that he's done and not to diminish, not to diminish the fact of what he's done to those particular women, but you can't also downplay the other actors, actresses, directors, 
casting directors and people in that realm who did the same thing, but they ignore it. But when it comes to him, they tend to, you know, come harder on him. And I think there was an interview that uh, Eddie Griffin did a couple years ago on Vlad TV where he said, when you are a black actor, a black musician, you can never go out gracefully. They always try to do something to basically make you die dirty. You can never die clean. Mm. And it's it's like this, there's like an example after an example. Whenever there's somebody who is successful, who has money, some sort of notoriety, they always try to break you apart as you exit. Whoa. Michael Jackson, Prince, like it's just with Bill Cosby, it's just something that always continuously happens over and over and over again. Paul Whoa. Mooney. Yeah, yeah, I, I, he's so funny, Paul Mooney. But uh, well, Josh, you would uh, respect this, but you already know how it goes. Either you die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not blow this out of the <laughs> Miguel. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's that's basically what Banks just said. You know what I mean? And that's the truest statement, which is why I love that movie so much. But um, you know, um, it, it is a shame. But what do y'all think about the Kanye aspect of him like every other week putting out a thousand tweets and like and like he said, you can't cancel me, you can't stop me. So what do you think about him doing that and just saying what he wants right now? What I think is I do hope Kanye is not being malicious and he's doing something that could benefit many <laughs> black people and really do something different. I really hope he's not being selfish and he actually cares because I see him going to Haiti. I see him going to Jamaica. I see him going to black providences and all that and really speaking and doing engagements, but he's not really explaining the point of why he's doing all this other than, you know, throwing a little here, here say like, Oh, I want to build schools and farms and, and uh, create the black dollar and help build these, these countries up and really give them what we deserve. I really do hope he means that because, you know, at the end of the day, Kanye can always have his own agenda. Um, so it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what he wants to do now, especially with him boasting how he wants to be on the board, on board of Gap, wants to be on board of Adidas, and of his protests, I'm going to start wearing Jordans if they don't put me on the board. But, I mean, Kanye is an owner of his sneaker brand, so it's kind of interesting how he's demanding uh, these, particular, these particular things when he does have ownership. And even with his music business and him saying like uh, artists need to own their masters and all this. Mm -hmm. But then again, he owns 50% of his good music artists masters yeah. and yeah. one of his biggest artists, big Sean, he signed big Sean to a horrendous deal and he still yeah. owes big Sean $3 million. So he doesn't, mm -hmm. he's not really being very vocal of, um, those particular points. So until we actually get an idea of what Kanye is doing, we just have to wait and see and not necessarily applaud everything. Even though the things he's saying is great, but 
is it actually genuine? We don't know yet because this is billionaire Kanye. So, you know, at the end of the day, there's interviews of where he said he just wants to become a billionaire and this, that, and third, but that's still not good enough for him. So I don't know what is up his sleeve, but we need to wait and see before we actually, you know, get an idea of what exactly is he planning to do, especially visiting all these different countries or islands. I think on the, on the Adidas side, though, like, where would Adidas be without the Yeezys, right? So I think he might be kind of right about being on the board with them, you know, overall. Like, I can see where he's coming from, you know, in that nature. But a lot of the other stuff, yeah, is a little, is a little much. What, what are your thoughts on the, on the tweets and everything else, Josh? I mean, I used to love Kanye. It's like, nah. I mean, he's not wrong, though, because blackboard seats matter, right? Right, right, And right. if it wasn't for the Yeezys... I don't think they'd be able to compete with Nike as they've been doing the past five years. Number right. number number one. Number two, you wouldn't be attracting the talent that, you know, almost got Drizzy Drake, right? right you wouldn't okay. be even attracting those type of talent anyway. And it was a it was a rumor that Le- LeBron was about to go over to Adidas until Nike gave him the, you know, the billion dollar lifetime contract, like they did Cristiano Ronaldo. So I do think there is a there's definitely some truth in his words, misguided, perhaps, you know, in terms of how they're, you know, released. But he's, you know, he, he's saying a lot of things that are factual now to John's point, because, again, Kanye also comes from the, you know, the 50 cent, the Takashi 69, the Donald Trump marketing, you know, machine in terms of the mindset of how they promote themselves. I mean, they're in the business of themselves and that's what works for them. So who knows if he went to Haiti for those humanitarian reasons, which could be right as a billionaire. Right. And to speak, you know, trying to do what he's doing or undo what he has done. Right. And in terms of atonement and at the same time, marketing and branding wise, Haiti's a very religious place. He's on this, you know, essentially uh, Pastor Yeezy kick right now. So we, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully he, does, he didn't just go to places like Haiti or any of these other nations that have amazing music to appropriate the music for like a new sound, like, Oh, I want a new sound, something like that. And then I'm off doing what I've been doing type of thing. So we'll see it. Only time will tell. Yeah, we'll see. I think you're going to be back in uh 2024 trying to run for president again, be honest with you, in my, in my opinion, but, but we shall see. Um, moving forward, man. So speak, uh, speaking of somebody who's very uh, eclectic, let's say Kyrie Irving and, um, him and, uh, had some shots to take at the King this week and, uh, throwing a little shade at LeBron. Do we have something on that, Josh? Or, or no? Maybe let's not. see. I mean, we kind of do, but it would probably take too long. Go ahead. Doesn't matter. So apparently, uh, in, in, uh, in sporting news, he was talking about his new teammate, uh, Kevin Durant, and said, I finally, finally have someone I have I can trust to take the last shot who can do it as good as me. Uh, now, now, would you say it's twofold, right? Was that more just trying to, you know, make his new teammate feel good, or was it a clear shot at LeBron? What do you think, sir? I mean, he said on TMZ that it wasn't, right, doing a little cleanup work. Um, but could it be, I mean, that's fair because LeBron isn't necessarily a closer as we all know, he's more of a distributor. So I think that's a fair point, but at the same time, before KD got to 
to Golden State, he wasn't really a closer either. And it was a lot easier to take the bigger shot when you have Steph, you know, you have uh, the Splash Brothers spreading the floor. You get all that space. It's a lot easier to take the last shot. Mm-hmm. And to LeBron's point, to even if it was shade. So, again, we I alluded to this earlier. It's all about the storylines in the NBA, because at the end of the day, your your former teammate, right? LeBron is in the finals right now and you at home. So I'm looking yeah. at it like from that vantage point, we all and you're essentially waiting until this time now to say it when ain't nobody thinking about you. That's number one. Number two, LeBron could actually say this, a similar thing. Like he could be like, damn, finally, I have someone who can make it to the end of the season without being injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, essentially it worked, right? Because he put himself in the news cycle while LeBron's in the finals. So whatever he was doing, it essentially worked. Um, I think uh, I think everybody's built differently, and I think Kyrie does have that Mamba mentality. And I think that's similar to Shaq and Kobe, and Kyrie being Kobe in this instance. I don't think he ever felt good playing second fiddle. Now, he's not as talented as Shaq, Kobe, or LeBron. Or but KD. Mind, or, or who? Or KD. Or KD. But in his mind, he feels like, you know, I, I you know, when he was on Cleveland and they were saying stuff like LeBron came back from 3-1, LeBron won the finals. Kyrie's mind is like, the hell you mean LeBron won the finals? I'm right here. Or whatever like that. So I feel like he never got over that. He's not the guy that could just accept that where somebody like, let's say, AD, you know, can but I think it's that thing that's still playing in his mind. And that's well, fair. Well, but Kobe wasn't either. Right, and that's fair. But AD's also letting his, you know, ball do his talking. It is, and he's talk, He's letting his work do his talking right now, number one. Number two, with all due respect to Kyrie, you had your opportunity to be Batman multiple times. You were robbing, my bro, and it's not wrong with that. And I really fuck with Kyrie. Like he, I think he's the best ball handler and best point guard in the league, personally. So yeah. I really do fuck with him. And he's from Jersey too. Like, come on. But at the same time, you, yeah. you know, same pass, but you, you're, you're Robin. There's nothing wrong with that. Cause D Wade was a Robin too. He was a Robin to Shaq. Right. And the same way that as AD is being a Robin to LeBron, but ultimately long-term he might end up being Batman and LeBron is going to be Robin. And Kyrie didn't have the patience for that. So like you said, Mamba mentality, we respect that ambition and tenacity. All that's great, but you got to have some perspective as well. I mean, you're not getting you're not getting as many endorsement deals with Nike if you weren't on the same floor with LeBron. People, I mean, again, you had your opportunity to be Batman. It didn't work out for you multiple times. You had it in Cleveland. You had it in Boston, and you had it in Brooklyn when KD was out. And what did they say? A lot of people, a lot of a lot of basketball savants will say they were actually do better without you there and that they kept KD. And the only reason you still there is because KD wants you on the team. No, I agree with you. And I, I think like similar to when D Wade got with LeBron, he eventually realized, you know what, LeBron, you're a little bit better than me. So why don't you take over and I'll be second fiddle? I don't think Kyrie can do that. And that's kind of I guess uh uh, a sign of maturity, right? I guess being able to say, you know what, I'll take the back seat because I'm not the most talented player and stuff like that. And I don't think he has that mentality. What, what do you think we hear all this, thanks? I'm going to keep my answer simple. All but right. I think with Kyrie, he's Judas. <laughs> and with, with all the lies that he puts out. Yeesh. Even though I do think he's a good person. Um, but 
you know, just adding on to what Josh is saying, what you're saying as well, I think in order for Kyrie to really make a difference, he really needs to put the numbers up. He really needs to carry a team. He really needs to get a ring by himself. And he really needs to just let his work speak as opposed to his antics. But until he does that, you're going to have these little he say, she say, these little these little remarks and these things that basically say he can't close the deal like LeBron can. He can't close the deal. He can't take over a team and not really be that Batman to an extent. Regardless of how good of a, a ball handler he is, of what he can do, it's just he's not consistent in regards to just taking over. And until he could do that, he really need, he really shouldn't be having these little comments here and there because it's not doing anything for him. He just needs to focus on his craft and really showcase what he can do to show and prove that I need to be here and this is what I this is my point and stance. And I'm gonna show you with the numbers. And as long until he can do that. He should not say anything because all at the end of the day, all he's doing is just hurting his brand and diminishing the thought of who Kyrie is. And he's just basically looking like a sore loser. True. And and to Josh's point, he got, he got a pretty good sneaker. So he just balls and I'll say nothing. His sneaker will sell. So mm-hmm. and, he, uh, and, and he's with Nike. You know what I mean? There's only about four or five uh, signature shoes right now with Nike. He's one of them. So. You know what yeah. I mean? As far as basketball players are concerned. So he's got to look at it like that um, on that regard. But moving forward, man. Uh, uh, so Salt Bay, his restaurant and whatnot. We had to talk about this on Poetic Charm last week, but we didn't talk about the aspect of him getting shut down because of the video, right? And the video showed that he wasn't following the COVID regulations. And then he got, you know, essentially shut down because of it. So... Uh, what are your thoughts on how that whole thing went down? And thanks. Um, it's funny. It just shows that people are petty and haters. <laughs> uh, because the whole the whole reason why he got shut down because I'm either guessing it has something to do with the guy that stormed in with his girl, um, doing whatever she was doing, or just somebody who couldn't probably get into the restaurant because you know there's a, there was a line. Or just, I don't know, somebody just, or maybe even like a competitor. It just shows that people hate on other people's success on a petty standpoint. Now, on a realistic standpoint, you know, you know, Salt Bay didn't have a mask. He's taking pictures of, he's taking pictures with patrons who don't have masks on either. You know, he's out in the open. People are crowded all together, watching this girl twerk and do whatever. And, they're saying that even though they did have the stickers placed outside, people were still grouped together and all that. But, I mean, that's a lot of other businesses as well. He's not just the only one. So it is somewhat unfortunate. But at the end of the day, you are a high-profile figure in the eatery world. You are someone that people have eyes on. So I do think uh, the lackluster effects of what he was doing and what he, uh, what his establishment didn't provide, as as opposed to the safety protocols with the mask, the social distancing, I think they should have known better because they are in a light in comparison to like a mom and pop shop or whatever. Um, 
but at the end of the day, he, it just comes to a point of when you are in that limelight and you're doing things that other people wish they could do, they are going to do anything and everything to try to shut you down. And that ex- is exactly what happened. Somebody saw what he was doing. He was getting a lot of, you know, press over it. They told on him. They shut it down the next day or the next couple of days. It got shut down. So now you got to spend more money, do more things to create more, uh, to be more proactive in your approach to try to get your business back and try to get your employees back to getting paid. And, you know, but I just think it's just a foolish, a foolish mistake, especially with Salt Bay, because, you know, he is somewhat of a celebrity and, you know, just adding on to the fact all eyes are on you. So you do, you can't make mistakes like that, especially a foolish one at that. It was stupid. Um, you really got to be hands-on with your approach, especially when you have that much limelight on you. I agree. Uh, uh, John, I mean, Josh, what do you think about this whole thing of the getting shut down aspect? Well, I'm curious if it has to do with the amount of debt that he is in, which is around 2.3 billion euros, uh, which is interesting. So I wonder if that that was part of it, because at the end of the day, it is marketing. Right. So he was aware of the risk. He took the risk. And if it's in that the wheel in the machine of pop culture, this type of publicity is going to increase the desire to go here. So right. I, I think that could be great for the brand recognition because, again, it's, it's about like it, like John said, it's not a mom and pop shop. It's not like for, you know, families or whatever. It's for people who are cool to go there with other cool people and have cool experiences. So and I feel like this event, whether it was staged or not or whatever was going on with the twerking and whatnot, I do think is going to add publicity to to the brand. So he, you know, he definitely has, you know, brands and chains around, around the world. So we'll see if, you know, there are any buyers, let's say someone from Dubai or whoever, who just wants to buy the entire chain to get him out of that debt. There you go. Then he right back to it. Right. And this was in Boston too, right? Exactly. That out of all places. Like to me, that's the easy thing to sacrifice is Boston, right? (laughs) That's a surprise. I thought it was in Miami. It just kind of surprised me. Yeah. No, nah, it definitely wasn't Boston, but I, I'm with yeah. John. I think it was it was a mistake to I, I it, but it goes back to what you said, the haters and the people out there, man. The vid, once it's on video, instead of like, you know, like we we looked at it from the dating aspect, right, Josh? On point of charm. But somebody saw that video and said, you know what? He's violating. Let's shut him down. So that's a haters mentality, you know, right away and stuff. So I feel like because, you know, people are always trying to, I guess, let's let's say take the throne, you know, for quote unquote, mm-hmm. you got to be careful sometimes, you know, in that regard, because you never know, you know, who's watching and what they can do to try to take it. Because even if he shut down for however long, he got to like, you know, add new stuff or whatever he got to do. Somebody else is taking those customers for that time period and they're going to try to make them you know, uh, long-term repeat customers now and stuff like that. So I feel like that that was a huge mistake and he'll learn from it at the end of the day. Um, And moving on forward, man, next we're going to, speaking of relationships, dating and relationships right now. 
And uh, the first topic we got is actually was uh, one I got from Mr. Tony Stark Jr., actually. And it is, once a cheater, always a cheater. Uh, do we subscribe or believe in this uh, particular saying? Uh, John, what do you think? No, I don't agree with it. Oh. I don't agree with it. Okay. Uh, I Why think not? it's a mindset thing because it's like this. You see people who fall in that realm and, of course, they just stay in it. That's what they want to do. It's a lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. But then you see people who either grow out of it or they might find that partner who inspire them to change their ways. And that's that's a reality. And or it just kind of it coincides with the idea of, you know, life is growth. You grow through different patterns and different phases in your life. And depending on what you see and who inspires you and who you're around can dictate how uh, the patterns that you express and put yourself in. Um, but I think that that phrase, once you do this, you do that, that's just somebody comes from who's been scorned or hurt or whatever. And, you know, once that happens, they just don't believe, you know, certain realities, they just fall in some sort of a fantasy. And I think that whole idea is just, you know, it's a fantasy. Like, if you want to believe that, you'll never make anything out of your life. I think people do make mistakes and people do fall into certain patterns. But I do believe when you decide to make a change or find somebody who can create that change, you can do that. Uh, okay, I, I got another question, but I would, I'll give that Josh answer. But what, what do you think about that? Uh, that saying and uh, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I definitely don't agree with that because there's different types of cheating for different types of reasons, right? Not, I don't think it's a one size fit all method. You know, you know, for example, you can have the perspective that cheating can be a reflex, right? So you just go deeper and deeper until it's numb to you, and that sensation of being you feeling any guilt or remorse. So it's not a big deal. So, and as John was alluding to, it's also an aspect of self-control, right? Because it could be an addiction and that could be a lack of self-control and thus uh, no fear of loss because you know you can always get more if you're constantly cheating. Clearly, you always have plenty of options. But then I also feel like there's people who are, you know, only faithful as their options, right? And usually that's usually the guys, right? You're only as faithful as your options. So- if someone doesn't have any options to be unfaithful, I think it, it dramatically increases the likelihood that they themselves would be cheated on because they're really not a sought after or desired person. Hmm. Okay. What about once you, what about the person who has options, but then decides not to cheat? Well, it goes back to John's point. You got to have a reason not to cheat. Gotcha. Okay. hundred percent on that. And, what do you think that, because that's obviously a very popular mindset, right, in saying, especially amongst, let's say, the female community and whatnot. What do you think that stems from? What do you think they just kind of, it's a fallacy they made up in their head? Or what, what do you think? Wait, which fallacy? Uh, 
Oh, well, but, but, you, but you don't believe in it, right? Once a cheater, always a cheater. But it's obviously a very long-term popular expression. So where do you think it comes from? Mm. Banks? I Banks? Yeah. Uh, I think it basically comes from a lack of knowledge. Simple as that. If you see something and somebody consistently tells you the same thing and they don't know any better, you're going to believe it. It's like it's like TV or what you see in politics or what Trump does. Everything that you see that he does and says to you, you believe it. But that's just based on the knowledge that you possess, the mentality or um, whatever it like, or how gullible you are to to that extent. Uh, but I just think it's just knowledge. If you the lack of knowledge could basically break. And um, it just puts you in a, in a in a smaller state of where you can't look from a broader scale what you could possibly get out of your life based off the, the not not I'm not talking in regards to like the amount of degrees you have or that or what you got from a te- uh, certificate or whatever, but the actual knowledge that you were able to build within yourself to help make those decisions from light and dark. What about you, John? Do you think, uh, Josh, where did it come from? It's definitely. And why, 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 why do, another question, why do women believe it so much? Well, they believe because of their past, right? Because it's, and it's the reason why it's lasted this long is because it's an emotional response to a logical prompt. And to me, it's all it is is a victim mindset and not taking accountability, right? Personal responsibility. And just like Cat Williams said, what is it about you that is attracting cheaters, right? Or what is it about you that makes people cheat? personal accountability because it's a pattern of behavior between people who have literally have zero connection and the common denominator is you. So what is it about you that's making people cheat or think making people think it's okay to cheat with you? Like, what are you doing? Like you got to take personal accountability for these things that's happening in your life. Simple as that. I agree with both of you. And my thoughts is that kind of what Banks said, but I think it's just individually based. And what you said too, Josh, I, I think that just because I cheated on uh, whoever 10 years ago, don't mean I'm going to cheat on you now. Who, me and whoever had issues that you have no idea about. And there's a reason why I may have cheated on her and stuff like I that. Think we so ha- I think, think we have uh, some reason why. I need the same time before sex, and then I need it separately from sex. Sex without hair is like a sandwich with no bread. <laughs> I need it. I don't but it's true. I agree with you a thousand percent, Miguel. It's a case by case basis. That was case by that was the case, yeah. I guess you know. Um I'm off that uh sound bite. Uh ne- next next topic is a meme we have. Never uh open up to a woman. And what are our thoughts on this? Oh yeah, I remember now. Mm-hmm. I read it. Never open up to a woman. You'll be seen as weak. She'll sell her friends. She'll use it against you at some point. Never burden any woman with any responsibility for your emotional state. Uh, do you disagree or or agree with this meme, Josh? I definitely agree because I think it's, again, it's a case-by-case basis, but I think on the most part, the again, it, and it also depends who you're with, but traditionally, most women do not want to be the emotionally, the, the emotional rock 
in the relationship. And to be fair, a lot of women who are traditional, who appreciate those very defined gender roles, some people don't agree with them perfectly fine. Some people are, you know, disavow the patriarchal uh, society of everything perfectly fine. But some women are very comfortable in that and their femininity can be illustrated in those type of environments where the man is the rock in the storm. Right. And the women's emotions can be the waves crashing against that rock. That's a pretty good analogy to you. You're on a roll tonight. Um, and Banks, uh, what are your thoughts? Do you agree or disagree with this? Um, I feel like there's two points of agreeing and disagreeing. Um, okay. I think if you go into uh, the Robert Greene approach, <laughs> uh, this is a tactic of where you can choose to let something that is a personal value to you, to someone else, but it doesn't matter if you actually exude that information to them. But based on what you say, that other person will look at it as if you are being uh, more com comforting and more understanding and you have more of a trusting approach to them to where they can, in a sense, feel they have something uh, over you for you to do for you to do and say that to them. Um, but it is a, uh, they're, also, they're also adding to that fact by you doing that. Now that person may feel like they have power over you because you're being vulnerable to them, which depending on how much you divulge and depending on the person or, or depending on the person who you get that information to, they could take advantage of, of, of the things that you are relaying to that particular person, which could be a bad thing. But depending on the person as well, they may actually like that you are being vulnerable with them and they might be more receptive towards you because you're doing that. So I feel like there's two sides to it, depending on the person, depending on what they do after you let that information go, which could be a tactic as well. You may say something, but depending on what they do with that information will give you uh, that quote unquote red flag in a sense of, should I continue to deal with this person or not based on how they divulge that information or take that information in. Another, another perspective uh, differently. Um, yeah, I feel like, uh, well, first of all, I think, uh, it's a lot, you know, got to unpack a lot here, but I feel like that, you know, you're, you're going to try to avoid being with a woman who may use your vulnerability against you in the first place. Right. So I think you got to try to avoid that, you know, overall and stuff like she'll tell her friends and stuff like that. Like, why are you even dating her in the first place? You know, I look at it like that. Um, but for those two things, um, I do think there's some things that you might want to keep to yourself, right? I think Josh is right in that regard because she can look at it like, well, I, I want a manly man, quote unquote, somebody who can be a little stronger than this. So I definitely get that. Um, and then the last thing is just never burden with, with any uh, responsibility for your emotional state. I think, yeah, I agree with that. Like it's not a responsibility for your emotional state. I think having a conversation uh, depending on what it is, it's fine, but don't make her like be the one to console you 
or make you feel better about it and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That's where, as Josh kind of said, the roles can kind of flip on you a little bit. So you really got to be careful about that. Um, you know, in, in that if you do have those issues, honestly, go see a therapist before you can say, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm being serious though. Like sign up for that before you say, I want to like unpack all this with you and, and blah, 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 blah. Cause again, you're not sleeping with the therapist. You're not looking, you're not supposed to be the protector of the therapist. So that's the person to give all that to not your woman, you know, uh, uh necessarily. Or you gotta be careful with that. Or you just go to a new you, go to the barbershop, talk to the fellas. Right. Exactly. That's too, which I'll be at tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. So um, so we're looking at that. All right. The next one we have is about pressure on black men in today's uh society. Let's uh There we go. I'll read it again. Of course, it's crazy how much pressure we put on black men. Yeah, I'm specifying the brothers. Our men can't even eat certain shits without being made to feel weak. Mm. They have to be the toughest of the tough 24-7, deal with discrimination on a level even black women don't feel. And there's kind of more to that, but I don't think we have all that. But, um, when you see this meme, what are your thoughts about it, John? Oh, no, there, there's more. I'm sorry. Uh, they have to look their best all the damn time. One day, oh, I'm sorry, one off day turns into a whirlwind of rumors. Don't let them get depressed. Oh, hell no. Black men can't even be too happy or he's corny. Fake showing off. Uh, I.e. Safari has to watch uh, his, his, uh, his back constantly when he gets success. And there's more. Our men can't even overly love on his children without criticism. Kissing his son is gay. He has to be careful with being too affectionate with his daughter because of weirdos. I can go on and on. And now I see a post saying men don't need reassurance. This is sad. Well, I'm going to paraphrase. This is sad. Uh, this really made me emotional. I wish women could see the healing we need too because that is effed up mindset to have <sighs> a whole lot to unpack there so thanks what are your thoughts on the whole thing that's the truth and that ties into the other slide but you know i feel like a lot of times um some just don't really understand the pressures that black men especially have to deal with especially with all the trauma that we've been through through over the years, especially with slavery, the butt breaking and all that. You can't forget all that that's been pushed onto us. And especially from the black community where people, we as individuals don't typically talk about those things. We always, you know, hold those things on the inside, which is horrible. And through time after time, generation after generation, you have all this bad energy that's this, you know, spewing around or circling around in your head where you feel like you can't do this or can't do that. And it creates a lot of issues uh, with the relationships, regardless if it's uh, intimate or a personal or a friendly one, all those things dictate how you act. And I think it's something that um, does come along uh, heavier on, you know, black men, but people tend to forget those things. 
Josh, what do you think when you read that whole thing? Yeah, heavy is the head that wears the crown. So uh, similar to John, it has to do with the previous meme about being, you know, being strong and not showing any weakness. But at the same time, you also have to balance that as well. And I think what the young lady is alluding to is that for whatever reason, I'm not saying all black women, obviously, or all women in general, but there are some women who probably are bitter, are not allowing these men to have this balance in their lives, which is, which is why they're probably single. Yeah, I mean, when you read all her stuff, a lot of it's true. Like, you know, there were memes and videos earlier this year about a couple, a black guy, um, you know, girl saying, if my man or appetizer, I think it's feminine. And one was like, if you order desserts, it's feminine. And then one said, if you don't, if he eat, if you don't eat a lot, of, a salad is feminine. Like a guy can't even have a meal, like she said, without feeling like he's not tough enough, right? A certain way. Um, then the whole thing, like all of it's all true. Like they said, if you if you uh, love on your daughter too much, you know, you can't be, a, you might be aware of on your son. He's it's just a lot of stuff with that. So um, I believe it's true. Uh, I don't know if it, the whole thing about judging who's had it worse, men or women. You know, I don't know about that you know i don't want to get into that part either but i i do believe it man. I, I think that we go through a lot and like she said we can't have a bad dress day we can't have an off day and then that whole aspect of the corny like everybody wants to you know uh like 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 sierra and russell wilson but they have the girl say he's too corny for me or whatever like that i was like what do you want at the end of the day you know what i'm saying so i do think that a lot of that is true you know from their behavior i think they prefer to be alone so more power to them <laughs> i mean that's what it sounds like to me and then i got one more and this is uh with well, the last second ad that's day ad or whatever and uh it came from a conversation i was having with my girl shouts out to my kid and um so it's a real question uh i got so are there things, right, sexual things, Banks, I'll start with you, mm -hmm. that you wouldn't ask your significant other or wife to do, but you would ask another to do <laughs> or another before her, I'm saying, because you felt like your wife is not on a certain pedestal that I wouldn't have you do this or not or not. I had to frame uh, the question, but you understand what I was saying. If it was my wife, no. Wife, significant other, okay. Yeah, if it was my wife, no. What's the point of that? I feel like if we're married, we're the only one I'm with. Why is there a boundary on things you shouldn't do, especially if it's something that I like? Um, or adding to the philosopher uh, Mike Mikhail, <laughs> uh, you know, with his uh, particular soundbite. You know, I feel like that's a a keen thing that you know you should follow and you shouldn't hold back those particular things and i think that's what hurts some relationships when or causes some people to wander because they're afraid to speak up yeah um because i've seen you know myself uh and heard of situations where the guy are actually because the guy will be like yo you know i wouldn't ask you to do that because you're my whatever, my wife or my woman, maybe, you know, I would ask to jump off or somebody who I was messing with on the side of that. But for you, I feel like I wouldn't ask you to do that. However, 
if he asks him to jump off to do it, that means he likes it. So I don't understand. So for me, I understand why he wouldn't ask him to do it. What, what are your thoughts on that, Josh? Would you or things you wouldn't ask because just because of her her title now? I guess is the question. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the title, but I do think it's because of the person, right? And depending on what where phase you are in your life, maybe that title will uh, coincide with the type of person you're with for that title. So if you're with someone who's just a a girlfriend and you guys are just having fun, perhaps things like threesomes will be brought up. But if it's a you know if it's a person who's not really into other girls and she's not really about that mindset then it would it would not behoove you to try to bring that up to someone especially if they are your wife or your significant other to me you got to you got to know your audience right so as a writer you always got to know who you're speaking to who your audience is so it doesn't make any sense like again let's use what we were talking about earlier it's like politics why would you talk about something biden related to a trump supporter it just makes no sense i mean what you're saying makes sense um However, do you marry the person that you know you can't do the things that you want to do with or not? Well, again, we're not marrying for those reasons, hopefully, because if you are, then everyone's going to be very disappointed. And that might be why the divorce rate is over 50 (laughs) percent. This is this is true, too, um, overall. So you're saying that. You got to just basically know your audience or whatever. So it's not basically a title that matters. It's about who the person is and what they're already willing to do or not willing to do. Right. Basically. Okay. What else the question? Would you do it just because of the title? Because I, I hear that a lot and stuff, you know. Oh, it definitely won't be because of the title. Because let's be honest, if let's say uh, hypothetically, if I'm with someone who was formerly bi and we get married, best believe in my vision of our marriage, we are having threesomes regularly. <laughs> That's, that's you wouldn't say I wouldn't have threesome with you because you're my wife. I would I would have had it with somebody before. OK, I got you. 100 percent. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. All. I just wanted to get your your uh, your, your thoughts on that because uh, it came in a conversation and I heard it so much before. But anyway, that's our show uh, for tonight. We were back. FFTC, Food for the Culture. Man, I think we had a really, really good show. If you were watching, thank you. I really appreciate it. If you weren't. Uh, now, please like, comment, and subscribe when you do watch. And uh, we'll be just let you guys know we'll be on for once a month uh, again in November, December, and then back in January. We'll probably be back to every other week. Uh, correct, Josh? Right. Sure. So, our next show will be Wednesday, November 4th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sounds great. And, uh, you know, uh, thank you guys for watching once again and uh, have a good night. Peace. Oh, wait, make sure you go out and vote. Peace. (laughs) I'm out too, bro.